promotional consideration for Growing Greater Philadelphia provided by Citizens Bank, Drexel University, and the General Building Contractors Association. This is the Growing Greater Philadelphia podcast, bringing you more of the interviews and stories from the Growing Greater Philadelphia radio program. Now, here's Matt Cabry. Welcome into the next exciting edition of Growing Greater Philadelphia. My name's Matt Cabry, and I'm thrilled that you're taking time out to join us. Growing Greater Philadelphia, we are associated with Select Greater Philadelphia, the business attraction organization for the 11-county neighborhood of northern Delaware, southern New Jersey, and southeastern Pennsylvania. And we're really thrilled to be welcoming a president and CEO of a Montgomery County-based company called Sterling Drive Ventures, and it's Michael Arrington. Michael, thanks for taking time out to join us. Great to be here with you, Matt. Really, uh, really interested in learning more about the Sterling Drive Ventures uh, initiative and family of companies that sure. uh, fall under Sterling Drive. And I guess it really all starts with um, the early days. Take us back to it 1956, does. if it you does. will. It does. Yeah. So we're a third generation family business yep. and founded in 1956 right here in Philadelphia, right near Penn's Landing. Been in manufacturing that entire time. Started with really rubber products manufacturing. Uh, Post-World War II, rubber was a big thing and a lot of applications as the real manufacturing boom happened after World War II. Yeah. And so back then, Irving Glickman, who founded the company, saw plastics coming onto the scene a few years later in the early 60s. And his son, Joel Glickman, got into the business at that time, got into injection molding, plastic injection molding, which was sort of very precise molding that was required for a lot of the things that were being made even in the 60s and 70s. Grew that business for about 30 years. Got a little bit bored, so tinkered around with an idea, invented a product called Connects, a construction yeah, sure. toy. Yeah. And then that business flourished as well and became sort of under the whole umbrella of things to do, uh, what we thought might just be a product line for the manufacturing business, which is known as the Rodon Group. Became its own business, international business, exporting to about 40 countries. Uh, we ultimately sold that business in 2016 okay. uh, to a private equity firm, but still make, we're still the exclusive manufacturer for all of the core Connects parts. And so that's all still made in the United States and really one of the few toys that people buy today that's made on a mass scale in the United States. So we do that, but that's only about 10% of what the Rodon Group does. Right. Other than that, making stuff for a variety of industries, windows and doors, foods and beverage industries, medical devices, a bunch of other things. And so we're chunking out about 8 to 10 billion parts a year wow. at the Rodon Group, uh, mostly small, very precise parts. Can I stop you there? Sure. Did you say 8 to 10 billion? Yes. Wow. Uh, which is, an, you know, it's, it's not a giant facility. It's 125,000 square feet, about 120 molding machines. Okay. Highly automated, a lot of robots. And what we've done is we compete globally. So we still compete with places in China and Mexico. Sure. But we win those every day right here in Montgomery County. We've got enormous talent, which is a great reason to be in Philadelphia, tremendous talent all the feeder schools, a lot of the tech schools coming our way, a lot of robotic expertise that we really need to do what we do right. and happening right here in the area, which is really, really, really important. And then uh, we're in this interesting hub of transportation, so we're able to get across the country really easily with these products because they don't, they don't weigh very much. Right. Uh, and if necessary, we're able to convince people even to reshore. For example, we reshored one of the large lip balm companies to move their production from China to the United States, and we're now making 25 million lip balm containers a year Right. You know, for that company. Right so, in Hatfield. Right in Hatfield. How large is the team in Hatfield? About 120 employees. Okay. You know, most of them right there, a few in scattered around you know, the area, but most sure. of them right there. And we love having stuff all in the region. You know, our view is, is that 
when you develop that kind of expertise, nurture it, and then it'll continue to grow. And we see so much, you know, and no business can really grow without great talent. And right. there's so much great talent. You know, I know, Matt, you say this a lot. You know, we're known for our meds and our eds. Sure. You know, here in the in the region. And the educational facilities are outstanding. I mean, I was just on a tour at Temple's campus. They're putting in another $125 million library. I was yep. just at Penn's campus at Drexel. We have had co-op interns for years with much success. So we see from all of those things. And then on top of that, the community college system, for, yeah. especially for manufacturing, the Votech schools, the community colleges, really rising to the occasion to work on curriculum together for the manufacturers in the region so that they get the talent they need. I want to dive into the talent topic. But before we get there, because it's really unique, especially in that advanced manufacturing space, what really stands out for me, Michael, is what I would call a story of evolution and how the Rodon group has evolved and adapted over time. You know, Irv starts out in 56 with his vision for rubber manufacturing, and it evolves into plastics. And you really have developed an expertise around this injection molding space. And it's a third generation family owned business, but the ability to adapt and adjust and flex over that time is really inspiring. And it seems to me to be what I would call a quintessential Philadelphia story. I think it is. I think, you know, Philadelphia, birthplace of the nation. Talk about flexing, right? You got to flex to get all those deals done back then. But today, look, the global environment and supply chains have shifted. You're right. Almost everything we buy today has products from multiple countries in it. And what I think we've seen is during that time, we saw a lot of stuff go offshore. And so then we focused on niches that were hard to go offshore because of, for whatever reason, from a supply chain perspective, they were where we added a lot of value. Now, the trend has been to really toward, towards reshoring back in the United States right. and into this region because people are much more focused on being close to their customers. And they want to be able to respond to trends. They want to be able to respond to demand. This fancy word called ERP systems that are these mm. enterprise resource planning systems that are sold by Oracle and others. And that, that really is, allow you to see real-time demand. So the way to react to that is to have your manufacturing as close as possible to your end-user consumer. Right. But you need to be able to do scale. So we couldn't compete if we couldn't make billions of parts a year. Right. We couldn't compete if we couldn't do that on a highly automated basis. Mm-hmm. Because the advantage that, say, China has against us is low labor costs. Right. Right. So it's roughly 10 to 1. Right. If everything for a dollar there is $10 here. But what they don't have is the ability to do a lot of on-demand planning because they're 8,000 miles away. To respond. To respond. Yeah. Can't respond. And, and uh, you know, you can't underestimate the importance of responding to the needs of the customer. True. And it really sounds like your team at Sterling, at Rodon, at, you know, Connects that you manufacture now yep. for Connects has that also unique ability to do just that. And, and it does come back to the talent and not it just does. with the advanced manufacturing, but the management and the flow of how you can build a, a culture and an environment that is flexible enough to do that. Yeah, but what I will say is one of the things for being part of the chamber for so many years that we've, we've got a lot of good data is that only about 3% of the employers are, are middle market employers, meaning that they are somewhere between $10 million and a billion dollars in revenue right. and have somewhere between sort of 10 and, and 500 employees. But they employ almost a third, one out of every three people in the region. And I think what's great about middle market companies, I'm a little biased, we, we are one, sure. is that we're super flexible because we have to be. You know, if you're GM... You've got processes and you do it and it's, you know, 20 
two and a half years to make a change. We can make a change in two hours yeah. because we put everybody around the table and we say, here's what the customer needs and here's how we're going to go make it happen. I also think that's what Philly's about. Philly's got a vibe to it over the last decade that I've really observed that is just so vibrant from yeah. the food scene where we've got all the you know, star chefs everywhere right over the last few years. Right. We're millennials flocking here it's a cool hip place to be every part of the city is is just about is growing and it's driven across so many different kinds of industries that it's so exciting to see so you can get cross-breeding of talent which you know i travel a fair amount i don't see in as many other cities you know new york's great at finance and, yeah. and everybody wants to be a goldman you know you've got la everybody wants to be in hollywood yeah and that's great and they should go do yeah, those things sure but philly's got that sort of like this middle market attitude of we're gonna be an international city because we can be flexible and do it all and when i see the city rise to the occasion for example about putting this amazon bid together sure. in such a short period of time and i do still believe we're going to win it i do i Me think too. we are, I think I'm we with are. You. and i think it's because it's got that vibe to it yeah having been to seattle myself about 20 times in the last five years i will tell you it feels very much like what Seattle is, right? Mm -hmm. It's got a cool factor to it. It's got water features. It's got good infrastructure. It's got good education. But it's got people who are just good, decent people that'll still say hello to you. That's right. And not have everybody, you know, even though it's sort of a little big city, I feel like sometimes. And it's very exciting. Yeah. And there's an authenticity about Philadelphia. And I love the analogy you were giving a, a moment ago about different regions of the country and an expertise in finance or in entertainment and production or in tech and innovation when it comes to the Silicon Valley. And I feel like Philadelphia has a lot of all of that here. Um, and we're able to bring it all here and do it in a way that's more cost effective and has a higher quality of life and the transportation infrastructure, all the things we, we often talk about at Select Greater Philadelphia. It is. And yeah. it's and it's fun to see it all happen in real time. You know, we're launching another venture. Yeah. And part of the reason we chose to launch it here is because of all of those reasons, right? Is that we said, oh, where can we get talent for, we're going into the, the water protection business for yeah. buildings, you know, homes yeah. and Sure. And, and for commercial buildings. And, you know, we looked at that and we said, well, we've got a manufacturing base here that's talented. And we, if we need related manufacturing, we can get it. If we need packaging expertise, we can get it. Yeah. If we need more talent on the digital marketing side, we can get it. And then we can provide a good culture for the employees that we'll bring to that business because we know that they're going to live in a place that is, cost of living wise, probably the best value of any major city in the country. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, when, I, when I look at, you know, just going up and down the road, trying to run anything in D.C. or Boston, good luck. Yeah, you know, but, right. in, but in Philly, it's still within range. Right, that's right. Uh, and you don't have to, you know, work 80 hours a week to, to live in the city. So we're talking with Michael Arriton. He leads an organization called Sterling Drive Ventures, and it's really a, a family of companies. And Michael, you mentioned a moment ago a new company that you're standing up pretty much from the ground up called Sildry. Yes. Tell us a little bit more about Sildry. So Sildry is all, as the name implies, yeah. is all centered around this suite of products that we've gotten a utility patent on, uh, just issued May 29th, uh, with this smart accordion technology that will protect every building from water penetration. The thinking around sort of protecting buildings is that used to be keep all the water out. But what right. they realized over time is that you can't do that. And if the water ever gets in, it's got nowhere to go. And that's why you see mold litigation right all over the country for the last decade. So instead, architects have gotten a lot smarter over the years and said, water's going to get in. Let's channel it out the right way. And the way to do that is to protect every windowsill, which today is done and people are well-intentioned with a lot of different tapes and glues mm -hmm. and yep. sort of patchwork. And if you can imagine sort of using sort of palm fronds to build an umbrella, right? If you do it perfectly, you'll be sheltered from the rain. Right. But you got to do it perfectly. Our stuff's made out of what car bumpers are made out of, right? Hard 
flexible plastic, and because of the smart accordion technology that we've got patented, it'll flex with right. the building. So right. as the building settles, whether it's an inch or even four inches, it will move back and forth through you know the freeze-frost cycle, the gotcha. whole warm, warming and cooling. Like an expansion bridge. Exactly, almost, almost like yeah. an expansion bridge, yeah. exactly. And so that expansion bridge allows us to not only have a better solution, but it takes away 90% of the labor cost to install it. So instead of it taking an hour to put in a window, with our product, it'll take probably about 90 seconds. Gotcha. And this might be a silly question, but I don't want to just assume it. You're manufacturing still dry within the plastics injection we molding we're, we're making it, organization we're making it at Rodon. Rodon yeah, sure. Uh, that, way we have the, that way we have the precision. Yeah. We'll hold the tolerances. And that means every part we make will will be the same. And we know it'll be exactly what we wanted to do. You know, what's what's cool about this kind of advanced manufacturing is we're typically holding tolerances one-fortieth the diameter of a human hair. Yeah. And so, obviously, in a building, you have more flexibility than that. But we won't do that here. We'll do the same thing here, same quality that we've done for the last 56, 60, whatever, 60-plus 60 years so that when whatever you're a developer or a homeowner or you know you're running either one liberty property trust or just own one condo here you know sure we're, we're having this conversation you have the same comfort that your most important investments protected yeah and you have a product that appeals to everybody exactly. regardless of size based based on exactly. what you just shared yeah that makes that makes really good sense well good luck with Sildry. dry that Thank sounds you. really exciting and, and, and again i love this kind of theme over the history of Rodon and, and you know now the new holding company of Sterling Drive Ventures of, of evolution. You guys have really adapted and continued to think differently and try new things and solve problems. Yeah, look, I think the most successful businesses solve the biggest problems, yeah. right? Uh, and, and sometimes problems broadly defined, right? I, you know, so I think that Connect solved the problem of, of entertainment and boredom and creativity and engineering and tapped into a culture that ended up being sort of this whole STEM trend that we talk about sure. today. So it, right. it was early on STEM and we'll carry it through for the next 20 years. The fill dry solution, you know, there's 50 million windows installed every year just in the U.S. Right. And it is generally people's largest investment, whether they're renting or buying a commercial building or whether they're buying a home, it's generally the largest investment that a company makes, right, is where their home is or a person makes where their home is. And so the ability to protect that home for the next 20, 30, 40 years is something that we saw as a, as a wonderful opportunity, a business opportunity, but also a wonderful way to make the world a little bit better, right, to yeah. help protect that, that really important investment for people. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. So we're talking with Michael Arriton, and Michael, you have really a unique and eclectic background that has really positioned you well to lead this kind of suite of family businesses under Sterling Drive Ventures, including Rodon, Sildry, and previously Connects, now maintaining the manufacturing for Connects. Because you're an attorney by training, yep. you've worked in the commercial real estate development space. I suspect pulling on some of your Sildry uh, experience or being motivated by that for Sildry, sure. for example. So you really come at this from a, a unique perspective. And really where I want to go with this is, uh, and you were touching on this earlier, and that is the talent and how it's evolved over time. Mm -hmm. Because I, I can imagine at one point that advanced manufacturing specific to this you know, kind of injection molding space it was probably hard to find specific folks who can work in that but am i off base no, on you're that? right no that definitely the talent on especially in advanced manufacturing has always been a challenge we started it's funny it's you know been lucky i mean you lead organizations and nobody does this alone and we you know so we try to identify great talent and build a great team around us so they can really focus on the day-to-day -day operations of the business that's important 
And because of that, one of the things that come bubbles up at our sort of our team meetings, it has for years, is what kind of talent do we have? Mm-hmm. How do we develop them? Because we yeah. always want to do that. And then what kind of talent do we need? What capacity are we building as an organization? Maybe because we're in manufacturing and we're always thinking about buying machinery, we're always thinking about our capacity. So to think about our human capacity was just sort of a natural evolution for us because they were the people that were running all of the stuff we were buying. So if you're going to spend half a million dollars on a machine, you better have a guy yeah. that can run it. So that it, you know, you, you get that that return on that investment. Right. So we always viewed the the people part as critical to the success of the organization. And I know a lot of business people say that, but we take it in a very particular way because the ability to have a loyal, hardworking team allows you to then focus on the future. The problems of today are constantly cropping up and not being solved, then you can never think about what's coming around the next bend. What is our next business opportunity? You know, do we think it's going to be, you know, we would never have had time to think about Sildry if we didn't have a great team. Right. So for us, that's just a core investment that we make. Yeah. And so in part of that, then we started to think intentionally around where we're going to get this talent. So we started with community colleges and tech schools, Mm -hmm. and then we uh, are forward-thinking HR director who was overseeing both Connects and Rodon at the time, mm-hmm. uh, Lisa. Lisa said, maybe we can form a little consortium of manufacturers in the region yeah. to go collectively look at talent. And Great that idea. ended up being 150 manufacturers wow. that for Bucks and Montgomery County that yeah. went to all the community colleges and said, we'll hire everybody. Right. Just let me tell you what we need. Yeah. Uh, and we started down that path probably almost 10 years ago now. Okay. And it's and worked so well. so that's worked well. And then on top of that, then we go to the more traditional, what I'll call college track, because as advanced manufacturing has gotten more technical, right. then you need certain kinds of engineering degrees, certain kind of computer skills, certain kinds of robotic skills that are being taught both at the community college and at the college level. So depending on the kind of manufacturer you are, you have a sort of a, a whole bunch of different kinds of people that you'll need. Right. And we have access to all of those resources, right? In the region. You right. Know? So that is a terrific base of potential talent. And then you've got to invest in growing your, your talent that you have once you're once yeah. they're on board. So the story of Lisa and, yes. and your team making something happen is really inspiring because a lot of organizations, and, and we hear this on a regular basis, will complain yep. about the talent pool and they'll complain specifically about certain industries. You guys saw the challenge. And you did something about it. Yep. And I love the collaborative approach here of, you know, where we go to get 10 or 15 organizations, you end up with 150 that yep. all want to be part of this solution. Uh, and I'm sure the, the education community was appreciative and more so to partner with business to provide training and jobs ultimately for young people who are looking to get into the workforce. It's, it's really inspiring. Well, thank you. Well, one of our core values is something I've come to refer to as patriotic capitalism. Hmm. And by that, I mean, you know, yes, the capitalist part of us, we have to have a profit and we can't have a profit. We can't reinvest in the business. So right. yes, we yeah. have to go figure out how to do that. But the patriotic part is, is we, oh, we're so lucky to be born here. We're so right. lucky to be here in a stable legal system and all the rest of it. Then we owe it to the community to give back what we can. And it helps us too. I yeah. think, so it's not all being generous. If we have more well-paid consumers, we've got a bigger audience to sell to. That's right. If we have stronger businesses, we've got more businesses to collaborate with. If we've got stronger, better community college system, we've got an easier way to get talent years from now. That's right. And I think because we're a family business, we have the benefit of taking a longer view than sometimes public companies who are in this sort of quarterly 
mess of every 90 days, we've got to figure out a way to get another penny a share. And so when that happens, sometimes you make these very short-term decisions that whether it's to cut people or not invest, mm-hmm. because you can't see the return the following quarter. Right. In fact, I think you've, you probably have seen this, you know, Warren Buffett and Jamie Dimon going on TV saying we should eliminate all quarterly earnings reports right. because we want people to invest for the future because they're That's running right. businesses that if you, you know, th- things have to pay off, but sometimes they take a year, two, three years. Yeah. Um, and that's okay. Uh, yeah. and but, but the quarterlies drive short-term thinking. They do. Yeah. Well, they yeah. do. Yeah. And, and I think part of what I hear you saying, too, is, and you're, you're certainly focused on this, you want to leave the neighborhood in a better place than when you found it. Exactly. Yeah. And it makes good sense. Exactly. And look, you know, we can't solve everything, but I, and, I, and when I say this to every CEO or business owner that I meet is just do the part you can do. Yeah. Uh, and if everybody's doing the part they can do, then collectively it gets better. I do think we're all in it together. Yeah. And that we're stronger when we work together. And yeah. I'm not saying we don't compete. So, you know, I'm sure I'm competing with a few thousand other molders out there as we speak. But... I'm rooting for them, too, yeah. because we're all in this economy together, and uh, it is not just us. It's a global economy. You know, this year, I think it'll be about $85 trillion global GDP. Mm-hmm. Well, we're only about $22 trillion of that. Right. So we've, we're competing, yeah. with, and we only got about 4% of the world's population. Right. So right. we know we need talented people. We know we need more people. So we better work together, because if we don't do that, then we got a whole lot of bigger problems than whether or not my soul dry thing is a billion dollar company. Or yeah, not. right, right. Not yet. Right. right. Shifting gears a little bit and pivoting um, somewhat here, Michael, in terms of um, the neighborhood that I mentioned before. Yep. Uh, you're born and raised in greater Philadelphia? So grew up in South Jersey, in Cherry yeah. New Jersey. Yeah, that's and, a neighborhood. Uh, that's a neighborhood. Yeah. It definitely is. And then I've been on this side of the river since uh, probably the early 90s. Yeah. Um, and where I'm going with this is um, it, on a little bit of a lighter note, you referenced you know, the restaurant scene and, and uh, some of the vibrancy that we're seeing in our community. But what, what really stands out for you when you have friends coming in from town or you, know, you get a call from a cousin that says, and I'm coming to visit, where should I go see yep. in the community? What stands out for so you? So for me, my favorite thing to do, and I do it, I did it today, uh, even if it's a little out of the way, is I always come into the city from the Burbs driving down Kelly Drive. Oh, yeah. It always makes me happy. I love seeing the boats on Boathouse Row. I love yep. seeing the sun glinting off the water. I love seeing the art museum as you come around the steps. I love even seeing, I know it's a little hokey, the Rocky statue. Yeah. It makes me yeah. feel you know, like, hey, that's, this, right. that's part of our core thing. And, you know, so that for me is one of the things that always stands out. When people come and when I take customers around, I'd have people in either from Amazon or Target or Walmart here and sure. take buyers around. They would want to run through the Liberty Bell and Independence Hall, of course, because they want to, you know, it, we take it for granted, but we're walking around where. Ben Franklin walked and Thomas yeah. Jefferson and George Washington and their vision still lives today and they're brilliant, you know, and they're just a brilliant thing. But beyond that, they're always amazed at how easy a city it is to get around, that yeah. it's not, you know, bumper to bumper all the time, yeah, that right. it's a walkable city, that it's a bikeable city, that there are the, the food. I know the food thing, I'll say it again, but it is people, you know, love this Experiences. I think we've, we're in this area now where experiences are more important than stuff. You need stuff. Yeah. People are trying to have experiences. Right. And I think having those sections of the city, sitting at Rittenhouse Square and seeing just, you know, at that restaurant, at, you know, they're all around yeah, there. Right. Sure. The outdoor, outdoor cafe, outdoor seating. cafe scene. Yeah. You know, it becomes, you know, if you're, if you're ever in Europe, it has that vibe of yeah. being in Europe, too. So yeah. it's got a European vibe sometimes. Sometimes it's got a cool city vibe. And. You can go just about anywhere and find anything that you want to do. Yeah. But but for me, the the thing that, that makes my heart beat always is just I, I just feel good every time I'm on Kelly Drive. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can totally appreciate that. And I do the same. I, I 
uh, when I'm heading home and I'm, I'm decompressing, that's the path I take, either Kelly Drive or Martin Luther King Drive, yep. and, and really enjoy that. Yep. And uh, and you're right about Rittenhouse Square and the balance with Rittenhouse Square is you got the, the Fishtown neighborhood mm-hmm. that has that different kind of vibe. And, and there, to your point, there's something for everybody. And it's not just in the city of Philadelphia. Nope. You can feel that in the Pennsylvania suburbs mm-hmm. and northern Delaware, certainly in your old neighborhood of yep. southern New Jersey as well. Um, and, and there is that specialness to it. So. Folks, we've been talking with Michael Ariton. He leads an organization called Sterling Drive Ventures, uh, which is really a, a family of organizations, most notably Rodon Group and Shill Dry and manufacturers for Connects, which used to be part of the family uh, business. And it's a third generation family owned operation. I'm sure that Irv is really proud as he looks down. Uh, so. He's no longer with us. Irv so. Glickman, founder of the company, and, and his son, Joel, uh, who's still with us, uh, but has stepped back a little bit and left the organization in your good hands. I'll close with this. We have a region of assets, and I'm not just saying this, Michael, right. uh, but this has been a really inspiring conversation. And, you know, we talk about, you know, the quality of life and the transportation infrastructure, but our assets also include the business and civic leaders that we have who are helping us be successful and helping young people navigate their path forward. And you're one of those leaders that is very inspiring. And and we're thrilled that you're part of our community. And thank you for taking time out to be with us here on Growing Greater Philadelphia. Thank you, man. It's been a pleasure. Hey, this segment of Growing Greater Philadelphia is brought to us by Independence Blue Cross. They're a proud sponsor of Select Greater Philadelphia. Independence Blue Cross is the largest health insurer of the Philadelphia region, serving more than 2.5 million people locally and 8.5 million people in 23 states and Washington, D.C. You can learn more about Independence Blue Cross at ibx.com. Check out all of our podcasts and tune in Friday mornings, 5 a.m. on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Thanks so much for listening to Growing Greater Philadelphia. Philadelphia.